Murder Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shay. Welcome back, guys. Hi. So, we just saw Evil Dead Rise. It was incredible. Oh, my God. It was Loved fucking it. amazing. It's the most scary movie I've ever seen. The actors are phenomenal. <laughs> Even the kids are phenomenal. Like, it's just... It, there was not one complaint that either of us had. And that's saying something. Yep. Like, because we're both very specific about the movies we like. And I'm a very big Evil Dead fan in mm. general. But this completely sold. Like, I like this better than the last one that they mm-hmm. just did. Which, like, the last one was kind of like a reboot of the whole series. Mm. And was kind of done in the way the director always originally intended it. Um, mm. But obviously didn't have the financial backing to mm. in the early days. But, Wait, is like, it the same director? Mm? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. So it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Amazing. incredible. Loved it. Would absolutely run out and see it all over again. Yeah, I totally would. I, I, it was so fucking good. And I, the only thing that I wish is that there was a specific clip that happens in there when like she first gets possessed and she says like a line and I wish I would have not seen that on TikTok first. I feel like it would have been a lot more like <gasps> if I would have seen it like mm-hmm. in person live, but even seeing it in person live, I was like, yo, like there were multiple so times spooky. where we're both like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are yeah, you doing? Like we were freaking out. The only ones in the theater. Yes. Cause we went at like 3 PM on mm-hmm. a Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So we had the whole theater to ourselves, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. We put our feet up and we screamed at the TV screen the yep. entire time. Yep. And it was nice because I was able to go on my phone and play a game if I got like a little overwhelmed, which I kind of did. Because like, which you did watch half of the movie through your hands. Yeah. So like I was, I was telling Tay, like when you put your, all your hands to your little thingies together, if you don't press them together, you put them together, you put them up to your face, you can still kind of see through yep. your little thingies. So I watched majority of the movie <laughs> like that because it was the actor who played Ellie, the mom. I think her yeah. name was something Sutherland. Yeah, Alyssa. Alyssa, I think it was Alyssa. Alyssa Sutherland. Let me look yeah. her up real quick. But she was fucking phenomenal. She was so oh good. my god, it was amazing. Her actor is Alyssa Sutherland. Yeah, amazing. Like she, first of all, she's gorgeous. And when she turns into the demon, mm-hmm. like the way that she can make her face smile, very, very, so very heavily reminds me of how um, is it Bill Skarsgård who does the new it yeah how he can manipulate his face like yeah that. Like, it's very awesome how she does it and it mm-hmm. just adds a level of like okay like because you know that that's not cgi you know that's her actual fucking face so it's like okay she can actually yes do that. it's just her and makeup mm-hmm. and i literally said to you i'm like i want to be that for halloween yes <laughs> and it is amazing like it's just mm-hmm. and there's like a twist at the end that's like nightmare fuel mm-hmm. that is like oh my god like it's just and they so and, good. and it lived up to the evil dead using a shit ton of blood Oh, yeah. There was a scene in it where they're going down in an elevator and like the elevator fills up with blood and they open the doors and it's what's that movie that does that as well? Oh, um, Stephen King movie. Well, yes, that one. You know, everyone's seen the clip. Yes. Where it's the Overlook Hotel. Hold on. The Shining? The Shining. Yes. yes. It was when the, the Shining, Shining opens and it fucking spits out. Yeah. They did that exact same thing in the Evil Dead movie, but it was a lot less. It looked a lot more realistic. Yes. Which was in fucking insane like it was just so good oh, which the last evil dead movie broke records for how yep. much like the most amount of on-screen blood used mm-hmm. this one i feel like is probably right there with it yep if not surpassing it because mm-hmm. it was just 
amazing. There was a wood chipper at the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a wood chipper and it's just like, oh my God. God. Anyway, it was incredible. I really liked it. it too because the first like scene of the movie is not related technically at all to the main storyline but then at the very end after the two like main characters like get out of it they loop back around and show how like that other person got quote-unquote infected by that demon and it leads it open for For so so many sequels so many sequels i'm so excited because like i hope to god they continue this because i was telling tay like and as Mm -hmm. much as i love the saw movies the saw franchise this is this is surpassed it's the evil dead's franchise so much now my favorite franchise in horror which is amazing Love yeah, it so, so much. And so now much I'm going to bring you right into a whole different Lovely. energy. So I'm going to preface and to warn. So because this takes place in Brazil, there's going to be a lot of pronunciations that I'm probably going to get wrong. So please don't yell at me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying my best. <laughs> don't yell at me, please. I'm, I'm trying, trying my, my best. really best. Okay. But I'm ready for this. So today we're going to talk about the very tragic murder of a rising star, Daniela Perez. Okay. So on the night of December 28th, 1992, in Barra de Jatuca Beach, a district of Rio de Janeiro, a grandfather was driving his grandkids back to their home after taking them to see a movie. So although he didn't live in the area and was visiting and staying with his daughter and grandkids, he knew the area well enough to know that seeing two parked cars, one parked directly behind the other near an empty lot, was not normal. Mm -hmm. So he brought his grandchildren back to the apartment complex and told his daughter that he felt like something odd was going on with this and was going back to try to get the license plate numbers she attempted to encourage him to not do that for his own safety Mm -hmm. and said that she would just tell her building manager about it but he went anyways Mm -hmm. so it took him about two tries having to drive back around in different directions to get Mm -hmm. both cars license plate numbers Mm -hmm. but he did and as he attempted to drive back again after giving the plate numbers over to the building manager one of the cars was gone Mm -hmm. So he went home, but this occurrence still didn't sit right with any of them, and the building manager called the local police. Mm-hmm. So in this area, folks are encouraged to call the police uh, in any case with any suspicious behavior mm-hmm. that they they come across, mm-hmm. just in case due to the crime in the area. Okay. Was it like a, a high crime area? Somewhat. Okay. Um, so police went to check out the scene, and uh, in this empty lot, they found an abandoned car in some ways away the brutalized body of a young woman. Jesus. So they had found the very recently reported missing Daniela Perez. Mm-hmm. So Daniela had been reported missing after she never returned home that night after she had promised coworkers, friends, and her husband that her plans after shooting would be to go straight to pay off the new car she had been driving mm-hmm. that day and then go straight home. Mm-hmm. Her close uh, circle was very concerned about her doing this because she was carrying around about $6,000 in cash. Christ. Yeah. on her person and due and when she, due to this when she didn't come home her family feared that she had been robbed or worse kidnapped for ransom because mm-hmm. unfortunately in this country mm-hmm. that is a thing mm-hmm. um so that was their mm-hmm. immediate fear was that potentially mm-hmm. that had happened mm-hmm. So earlier that day, 22-year-old Brazilian actress Daniela Perez did what she did most days when she had gotten up, said her goodbyes to her beloved husband, and went to set to film her part in the telenovela De Corpora Yamo, mm-hmm. or Of Body and Soul. Mm-hmm. So Perez played Yasmin, so the sister of the star of the soap opera, 
but had quickly became a fan favorite due to her natural charm and charisma. Mm -hmm. So Daniela was naturally a star. She had begun to show an interest in the arts at the age of five. And by the time she was a teen, she was working as a professional dancer. Damn, good for her. So she was extremely, extremely Mm -hmm. talented. Mm -hmm. And Daniela's star power was very much seen by those who knew her, especially given that the soap opera she was working on was one that was written by her mother, Gloria Perez. Oh, wow. So Daniela may have been cast due to her family ties, Mm -hmm. but her winning over the general public was something she did all on her own. Mm -hmm. She was extremely lovable and very beloved by her fellow castmates. One, however, seemed to love her a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Hate that. Yep. So Guillaume de Poidua uh, Tamez was cast opposite her as her on-screen boyfriend, Bira. Mm -hmm. So during the time working together, some of their co-stars had noticed some very odd behavior coming from Guillaume. So he would call castmates and ask them to tell Daniela to call him instead of just calling her himself. That's weird. Very weird. So he attempted to give her a note multiple times that she would not accept. He began saying to castmates that he was concerned that he was going to be written off of the show and was noticed to be crying after filming scenes with Daniela. Okay. Very, very weird. Yeah, like that's... Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. So why de Poidua, uh was so concerned about being written off was that he was afraid that Daniela would tell her mother about his behavior and how it was making her uncomfortable and then would have him written off the show. So on the night of December 28th, 1992, after filming had wrapped for the evening and the scenes that were shot between Danielle and Guillaume were had finished, they both exited out of the studio at around 9 p.m. At the door waiting for them was a group of young fans asking for pictures. So the pair signed autographs and took photos and then left in their respective vehicles. Mm -hmm. So, again, Daniela's plan was to take the money that she had with her Mm -hmm. to go pay off the rest of the car note for Mm -hmm. her new car. Uh, But as she drove away, de Poidua followed her. So when she stopped at a gas station, he went up to her and began to beat her until she passed out. Wait, what the fuck? Yep. He snuck up behind her and began to beat her until she fell unconscious. Uh, I like this man. Yep. And no one should. So Mm -hmm. he then took her unconscious body, placed it in his car, and then had his then pregnant wife, Paula Neguero Piexido, get into the driver's seat of their car and follow him as he drove off in Daniela's car. So hold on. So he put Daniela's body into him and his wife's car. Yes. His wife drove his car, their car, with the body in it. Yep. With her, her, her unconscious body. Yep. And then he drove Daniela's car. Yes. The fuck? Like, why are you yep. like signing to, on for this? I am. We'll get into oh, it. Jesus. But and then drove to this empty mm-hmm. lot in the beach district, and there they took her out of the car and stabbed her repeatedly. They. Okay. We'll get into this. Okay. So she had over sixteen separate wounds oh on her body. God. 12 of them were identified as wounds from a double-edged blade and others caused by something they could not identify. Mm, so that, she, mean, that, that, that means to me it was something household that wasn't meant to be a stabber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That's a really good ink, well, inkling there you got oh, there. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so, I'll remember that. She had been slashed at with such force that, very sorry, but uh, her heart was exposed. Oh, my God. Well, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let's take a... Skirt, yes. skirt, stop this for a second like mm-hmm. okay 
in order for your heart to be exposed, you have yep. your sternum. Yep. They slash through bone. Yeah. Her sternum. Her sternum. They have to use like essentially garden hedge clippers to cut your sternum. How? What? Yep. Well, that level of brutality is so fucking crazy. Absolutely what? insane. Yes. Yo, dude, what the fuck? So her cause of death being the wounds inflicted to her lungs, neck, and heart. Jesus. So this is where we circle back around to the grandfather stumbling across the cars and the building manager eventually calling the police. Mm-hmm. So during the time that the police were being called over to over to the crime scene and then investigating the murder scene, mm-hmm. Daniela's husband, Raul Gazula, mm-hmm. her mother and her brother were driving around Rio de Janeiro looking for her mm-hmm. as they were scared that something was clearly wrong Jesus. as she never came home and she had such a large sum of mm-hmm. money on her person when she left. Mm-hmm. So very early on, police were able to identify the body as Daniela's and quickly got a hold of her family to confirm mm-hmm. this identity as well as to break the horrible news. Mm-mm. So her brother in particular was so devastated that when he first saw the body, he was convinced that it was not his sister and kept telling his family and the officers present that it wasn't her. Jesus, that's not shocking. Like, no. fuck, dude. He literally, like, because I watched part of the documentary for this and he literally sat there, like, crying and he was so convinced. Like, he literally says it even to this day. Like, when he looked at her, it didn't look like her. Jesus. So he just kept crying and screaming at everyone there that it's not her. It's not her. Jesus fucking Christ, yeah. dude. So very shortly after the murder, the family began making the funeral arrangements and reaching out to all of her friends and coworkers to break the shocking news. So everyone loved Daniela, so the support and sympathy for the family was a huge outpouring, and so many people ca- were coming to them and offering condolences. Mm-hmm. And one of those people who came to the family, and in particular Raul, the very next day to show support, was Guillermo de Puadua. That doesn't fucking shock me in nope. the slightest. He's inserting himself into this yep. to be like, oh my god, I'm yep. Like, even though you're the one who fucking did it, you bitch. Yep. So not only did he attempt to shake his hand and express how bereaved he was, but he attended her funeral. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course. Yes. So unbeknownst to Raul, uh, police had already begun to suspect Tapuadwa of the murder. So before the funeral, they had brought her mother, Gloria, down to the station and told her that they had ran the license plate numbers that one of the witnesses had given to them. And although there was a letter that was off, Guillermo did drive uh, a vehicle that was the same make, model, and color and had Mm. nearly an identical license plate number to the Mm. one that was given to them by the witness. Of course. Of course. So... The police informed her that they believed uh, him to be a very strong suspect, but advised her to not do anything to uh, let him catch on to this so that they would still have the opportunity to catch him. Wait, sorry. So her being who? Sorry. Uh, Her mother. So literally told her mother straight up, we think this guy did it, but don't. Don't I mean, do anything to, it, it to makes sense. It cast makes sense suspicion because you don't because they they need yes. evidence to be able to arrest him and to you know exactly. So although this ruined Gloria to have to be calm and polite to her daughter's killer, she did just that at the funeral mm-hmm. to make sure that her baby could get justice. Good. Good. So she literally had to sit here and watch this asshole shake her son-in-law's hand and try to like cry in front of her and tell all of them how upset he was by her death, knowing that she. Knowing what she knew, which was that more than likely this was the asshole that killed her daughter. I hate that shit, dude. Ugh. Her mom is a strong woman. Oh, 100%. Definitely. But I did. I didn't put it in here, but um, in the documentary, they told about. um, Because it wasn't until after he had already left that and the funeral was mostly over that 
finally they broke the new the news to Raul. It took five separate people to hold him down because he was so furious, so angry, and so upset, and was ready to like leave the funeral to go find him. Oh and no, I would be him. too. I would be too. Because yeah. how dare you kill my wife and then come and, and then shake ha- my fucking have hand? Have the audacity to yeah. come in and act as if you're grieving her when you're the one who's the reason that we're all grieving. Her. Exactly. Like, how fucking dare you? Yeah. So it literally took five people to hold I, him I don't back. Blame him. I'd be the same fucking way. No, and they even like some of the people who did like help hold him back when they were interviewed they were like it was superhuman mm-hmm. like he was so strong they were like i literally had a hold of an entire leg mm-hmm. and i still thought he was gonna get me off mm-hmm. and i'm like that's in that's insanely mm-hmm. like i can't imagine how it must have felt for those individuals mm-hmm. to try to like hold yeah. him back in this situation yeah, because that's pure emotion manifesting as strength that's exactly all that and like because they all understood the mm-hmm. necessity of why the police were doing yep. this. Mm-hmm. So after the funeral, uh, police were finally able to get De Poirier to agree to come down to the station for an interview. And while there, they noted that he had several scratches all over him. Of course he did. So after some pressing, he finally did confess. And he told police that he had killed her because Daniela was demanding that he have an affair with her. And that because he loved his wife so much, he refused. But that Perez continued to harass him until he snapped and killed her in the heat of an argument. Um, pause. First of all, you were literally worried that you're going to be written off because you were making her uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. when the fuck did that turn into oh yeah she was trying to have an affair with me and i love my pregnant wife so much that i made my pregnant wife drive her unconscious body in her car what the fuck dog hello well he confessed Mm -hmm. he at this point he had said nothing about his wife being a part of it yes true so he confessed as if this was a singular act Mm, and tried to entirely blame the victim and course, be like, as I'm such a good husband. I'd never cheat on my pregnant wife. But I, but I kill just killed someone. a woman. Like, the fuck? What the fuck? Hello? How does that make you a good dude? Or how do you think that you're a good guy? He's not. He, he's making shit up as he goes, bro. Oh, yeah. So immediately after confessing, he kept asking the officers if he could call his wife. So the officers eventually agreed, but continued to listen to the phone call and immediately became suspicious when after the run of the mill, I love yous and mm-hmm. things like that, Depoidwa continuously kept consoling his wife and repeatedly, repeatedly told her, I'm taking care of everything or I've got everything taken care of. So this raised red flags for the investigator and he began to suspect that perhaps Guillermo was not telling the whole story Mm -hmm. and started to think that Paula was far more involved in this than Guillermo was trying to let investigators Mm -hmm. believe. So due to this, police brought in uh, Paula for questioning and at first she denied any part in the homicide and just Mm -hmm. kept claiming that she didn't know anything about the murder. Officers, however, were unconvinced and continued to interrogate her until eventually she did finally let it slip that she not only drove the vehicle with Daniela unconscious in it, but that she she too had stabbed her. She claims that Guillermo had used a pair of scissors and that she had used a screwdriver. You know what? I was going to fucking say screwdriver Mm -hmm. when you mentioned it. I was going to fucking say it's either either always an ice pick, a screwdriver, or like some shit like that. I was going to fucking say a screwdriver. She used a screwdriver. So one of the investigators in particular was convinced that she uh, was the one to strike the fatal blows to Daniela, but didn't have the proof that he needed to back that up in Mm -hmm. court. So even to this day, he is convinced that Paula is the one who was more the brutal of the pair. Well, here's my thing. I feel like 
it you're using a fucking screwdriver that inherently takes more force mm-hmm. than a fucking pair of scissors who's that's sharp like yep. we all know we've all held pairs of scissors that are sharp as fuck that like you know meat trimming scissors or whatever mm-hmm. we've all held a fucking I almost said a stapler not a stapler a screwdriver like we've all held a screwdriver they are not sharp no no so you like, have to really be going mm-hmm. at it to jesus yep so when they asked paula why she had done this with him she told police that her husband had told her that he was having an affair with daniela and that it had to happen per their agreement she disclosed that when they first married they had made a pact that if he ever cheated on her he would have to kill his mistress um okay what the fuck yeah um hmm Okay, last time I checked, and this is just me talking as mm-hmm. someone who's been in a four-year relationship, like, I've looked at Des in the face and said, if you ever cheat on me, I'm done with you. I'm not talking to you. Yeah. I, why, first of all, first of all, why would you want to stay with someone who did that? Yeah. And also, why would you want to stay with someone who's willing to kill somebody? Why? Well, also, why would you want someone to kill exactly. someone? Exactly. Why wouldn't you just say, like, if you ever cheat on me, we're done, and I'm taking more than half. I'm taking yeah. all your fucking like, money, what bitch. what the fuck, dog? Like, I'd probably have that clause. Like, yeah. to be honest, be like, yeah, no. Like, I think, I can't remember, like, the full weight of it, but I think in, like, Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale's marriage that there is a cheating clause that mm-hmm. if he ever cheats on her, he has to pay her, like, a million mm-hmm. something dollars or whatever. Like, can understand. But that makes sense. That makes sense to me. To be like, you have to kill your mistress. Be no. like, I would first be like, you have to cut off your junk before I'd be yeah, like, kill the other person. Exactly. What the fuck, dude? Yep. So she told them that he knew what he had to do, and that is why Daniela had to die. But they weren't in an affair. They weren't. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. All right. I mean, um, sure, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Sure, Jan. Mm-hmm. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Insert Brady Bunch meme here. Thanks. Hello. Yeah. This couple was fucked. Oh, yeah. So due to Daniela being a huge public figure, the media coverage for this case, not only for her murder, but also the circus that would come after, completely boomed. Mm-hmm. So the coverage for all of this actually eclipsed that of the impe- the impeachment and then resignation of then-president Fernando Collier de Mello for his involvement in a corruption scandal that happened in the same days as her murder and funeral. Oh, wow. I mean, honestly, it doesn't shock me the slightest. Like, yeah. How many times do we hear of shit? Like, that doesn't shock me at all. No. no. But, like... In the country Brazil, literally yeah. a murder of a telenovela star by her co-star because his wife told him to is what was like all over the place. And literally their fucking president was caught in a corruption scandal and then was impeached and resigned. And Ridiculous. they're like, who cares? Uh, president like, who? President who? There's a murder. Yeah, right? Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. That's, it doesn't shock me, but still, like, what the fuck? Yeah, but, like, Daniela was that beloved mm-hmm. by the public. Like, she was even called, um, I think it was, like, Brazil's sweetheart before she died. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, like, that's how popular she was on this soap Jesus. opera. So when I say that there was a circus that came after, I wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. So the majority of this was nearly entirely caused by the murderous couple themselves. Of course. Because sometimes usually it's the media, like, making shit up. No. Mm-hmm. It was them. Just them as people. They're the of ones course. stirring this up. Of course. Which we'll talk more about. Mm-hmm. Literally this whole thing was manufactured from the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
But after Guillaume's uh, arrest, he gave many interviews to the press while in jail. And in all of them, he directly blamed Daniela for her murder about this ridiculous story about Daniela trying to force him to have an affair. Okay. And during all of these, he expressed no remorse for the murder whatsoever and was even quoted uh, as saying to a coworker, I ruined my life. Oh, you you oh, ruined your life? You ruined your life. Yeah. Sorry, last time I checked, there's a dead 21-year-old? 22. Dead 22-year-old. Yeah. How old was he? He was only like 23. Sorry, last time I checked, there's a dead 21-year-old, 22-year-old. Um, You ruined your life? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You shouldn't have murdered her. Maybe you shouldn't have murdered her, and then you wouldn't have ruined your life and also ended hers. So Yeah. That's Hmm. literally how the coworker felt too, because at first he like went there to talk to him, being like thinking this could not be possible. Mm -hmm. And then after hearing him literally say, I ruined my life, he was like, Fuck you. Not only did you do it, but how dare you have like you're sitting here crying about yourself. There is a Mm -hmm. debt our coworker, our friend is dead. Mm -hmm. You killed her and you're crying for you. Yep. Yep, sounds about right. Yep. Fucking asshole. Fucking piece of shit. So, originally, Guillermo tried to convince police that he and he alone had committed the murder. However, once they went to trial, that completely changed. So, one story he told was that he and Daniela were having an affair and that Paula had become extremely jealous and had killed her on her own. And Mm -hmm. he had never wanted this to happen. So at first he was trying to protect his wife and be like, I did it. And then the second they went to trial, he was like, it's all her fault. I didn't do anything. I didn't even want this to happen. It was that pregnant bitch's fault. She's a jealous, crazy person. She was jealous about how we had to have on-screen love uh, scenes. Like, he literally even then told another story where he admitted that they never had an affair and that Paula was just jealous of how the pair would have on-screen love scenes. Maybe. Hmm. Here's an idea. Don't marry an actor if you don't want to see him kiss somebody else. Also. Also, maybe tell the fucking truth, you fucking piece of shit. The only reason she came here for this murder was because you told her you guys were having an affair. Mm -mm. There was no affair. You lied to her and goaded her into it. And because she's a crazy psychopath, too, because you're both a bunch of psychos. You both did this together. You lied to her to get her to commit murder. And you're being like, it's all on her. What the fuck, dude? Like, what the actual fuck? They're the biggest pieces of shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, And that he basically tried to say that he wouldn't have had an affair because he was so devoted to his wife that he even had her name tattooed on his penis. Um, don't care. I don't know about your dick, bro. No one needs to know about your dirty dick. (laughs) I don't need to know about your dirty dick. Yeah, uh-uh, fuck off. No. But yep, he literally at trial was like, I love her so much. I would never cheat on her. I have her name tattooed on my penis. And they're like, the um, fuck also, are you doing if here? Anyone I ever dated mm-hmm. come up to me and was like, I got your name tattooed on my ween. I'd be like, you need, you need to, to get the fuck out right now. You need now. to go to jail. Like, why? First of all, why would you even. If anyone even just got. If Desiree had my name tattooed on him, which he's never going to. Yeah. I'd be like, stop. Get it fucking removed. That's yep. bad fucking luck. Yep. Why would you get it tattooed on your fucking dick? What? Like, I'd rather you get a tram stamp or on your fucking hips being like, this is the, the property of the I'd rather you get a tattoo that says Boner Garage before you tattoo your name on Boner a Garage? Dick. Haven't you ever seen that meme? Yeah, but is but it's that's for someone who's receiving. Yes, but I would rather someone have a tattoo that stupid oh, or yeah. the no ragrets, dude. Mm. I'd rather have have to look at that forever mm-hmm. than True. know someone was like, oh yeah, I love you so much, I did this. Yeah, you're like, right. You're no, right, you're you can right. fuck right off. I get that. 
So this tattoo was confirmed, and Paula also had Guillermo's name tattooed on her upper thigh. Ah! So also at trial, coworkers and friends were interviewed about the kind of relationship that the married couple had had, mm-hmm. and many people confirmed that their relationship could best be described as obsessive and possessive. Uh, sounds about right. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. considering she wanted him to kill someone. If he ever cheated on her. Sounds about fucking right. Instead of just be like, y'all are going to break up. Be like, no, you have to murder your mistress. Be like, um, that's not the reasonable I'd be reaction. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was having this kind of conversation with someone else the other day when it came to, like, did you ever see that video that went viral on TikTok a little while ago about those two girls who were accused of, like, bullying another woman at a baseball game where she was filming herself? No. Yeah, like literally the whole situation was this adult woman who is a TikToker was at a baseball game and was filming herself as per her job. And there were two college girls in the back who then decided to start like flipping her off and like literally was like yelling lame at her and like filming her back and like being really shitty about it. And of course, like the internet does what the internet does. They found out who these girls are, put their names online, Mm -hmm. got one of them fired, like all kinds of shit. So like the internet was pissed and kept labeling them as bullies. They then tried to come out with an anti apology video basically explaining their side of it saying that they were uncomfortable to be filmed all these things and I'm like even if you were the appropriate reaction was to go up to another grown woman and say hey I don't want to be in the background of what you're filming here's an idea I'll go up to her and be like hey I'm a little uncomfortable I'm gonna get out of here for a second like do my like can you like come find me or yeah. like or i'm just gonna can you leave. finish up or like could you move farther down yeah like it's not film somewhere else and i'm sure she would have been fine with that exactly that's the normal appropriate response like i i do think that the internet was a little too wild on like getting these girls like fired and things yeah, like that whatever. whatever like that's their own choice but like yes i will recognize that these are like girls in their early 20s in mm-hmm. college blah 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 they were trying to explain that they were uncomfortable that they had had an experience earlier that day with a dude filming them like things like that okay mm-hmm. but again it is not an appropriate response to start yelling lame at mm-hmm. another woman and behaving that way in the background and mm-hmm. laughing and acting like dick wads i agree yep. the appropriate response would have been to say hey i'm uncomfortable yep, exactly yep agreed so in this case of these two fuck asses, the appropriate response is, if you cheat on me, I leave you. Yep, and I take all your money. I take all your money. Mm-hmm. Or I punch you in the face. Like, yep, something appropriate. Uh-huh. It is not appropriate to kill another person. Yep, you're right. You're also, right. like, if you're going to kill anyone, why don't you kill that one then? Right, exactly. That's the one who someone, cheated on you. you kill your che- the person who cheated on you, yes. not the mistress. Because a lot of times it's not the mistress's fault. Stop blaming women yeah, for cheating men. Exactly. And I was like, one person made vows to you and mm-hmm. married you and promised to be faithful to mm-hmm. you the other person is the person you killed exactly like what yeah and like again there was no affair Mm-mm. you guys just murdered an innocent mm-hmm. woman because your stupid ass husband didn't want to lose his job and because he was sexually harassing her like jesus fucking christ dude. are you kidding me I hate people. I, I really hate people do. so much. So folks testified that at parties, the pair would dress alike and wear matching outfits, that they would wear halves of a split amulet necklace. And of course, people knew about the name tattoos. Mm-hmm. So where this becomes even more nonsense, but I'm just including it here because this kind of comes uh, back later, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the coworkers uh, that testified in court said that the pair practiced black magic and claims that they both would keep black magic figurines with them that they would pray to and attribute their successes to. Okay. 
I will explain why I put this in here, but mm-hmm. it, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of one of these, like, I think it's mostly nonsense, but also I will preface to say that, like, what is considered horrifying and why people were probably very shocked and, like, this is very mm-hmm. scandalous to them is because the country of Brazil and, like, a lot of um, Hispanic, mm-hmm. like, and South American countries do have a lot of fears about mm-hmm. brujeria and things like mm-hmm. that, like, because fear is regional. Yep. So, like, this is a regional fear. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is not a realistic or regional fear for us here mm-hmm. in the United States or in, like, northeastern mm-hmm. states. There it is mm-hmm. a genuine Well, I think there is fear. a little bit of that fear, but not specifically about, like, black magic. Like, there's mm-hmm. definitely, like, voodoo and hoodoo. Like, that's definitely, yeah. like, there are a lot of people I've met that have that fear. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is more, I feel like, for Hispanic cultures yes you know what i mean like there is that fear like when if you say like i practice witchcraft people are like oh, oh my god you're gonna hex me but it's like one of those yes. versus like this is a genuine like oh my god like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? yeah so that's kind of where that part of it kind of mm-hmm. comes in but so why this is important was because this caused a bunch of news media mm-hmm. to speculate that perhaps Daniela's murder was caused by black magic and that due to her heart being exposed that perhaps the murder was a black magic sacrifice of course i'm not, not shocked Yeah, so we will talk about this a little bit more later, but the prosecution and others theorized that the real reason that Daniela was murdered was because Dupuadwa was afraid that Daniela had told her mother about his sexual harassment towards her and that it was resulting in what he thought was him getting less screen time. So, uh, pause. Once again, pause. Yeah. Um, So you're gonna, instead of just being like, hey, I'm sorry, I made you uncomfortable, I'll stop. Yeah. You kill her as if that's not going to make her mother write you out of her fucking telenovela. Yeah. Are you fucking stupid? I don't know. I don't know what the plan was to try to get away with this. I don't. Like, what the actual fuck, dude? Do you not think that they probably would have just canceled the show if one of the leads was murdered? Exactly. Like, what the? How do you? What? 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 Hello? Your mental math doesn't add up and I fucking hate you. Mm -hmm. You failed. You failed this calculus. Yep, definitely. Murder calculus, you failed it. Murder 101, you stupid bitch. Yep, you dumb. So, and that he had purposefully lied to his four months pregnant wife, convincing her that there was an affair because of their marriage cheating pact. Mm, That he literally orchestrated and premeditated this whole thing. Oh, yeah, I could have fucking told you that, even though I don't know this case. Yeah, so... Both Guillaume and Paula were convicted of second-degree manslaughter with foul motive and impossibility of defense of the victim. What does that mean? I think, like, that's basically, like... You can't be. You can't try to defend yourself as if yes, you're the victim. Exactly. Like, the victim had no possibility of being able to defend gotcha, themselves. Gotcha. Yeah, well, it makes sense because she was unconscious. Makes yep. sense. So each of them were sentenced to 19 years. And while the judge announced this at the hearing, he called Guillerme violent, violent and perverse. Yes. So sense. the pair later divorced while in jail. So because of, uh, of course, the theme of all of this and what we talk about all mm-hmm. the time lately is that mm-hmm. everything sucks and there is no justice. Mm-hmm. Brazilian law says that first time offenders only have to serve a third of their sentence. And after having served a six of their sentence, they can be eligible for participating in a work furlough program where they would be allowed to leave prison during the day and work in the general public. Uh, yep. excuse me, what? That's yep. not, um, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. 
So given that both uh, Paula and Depoidwa were first-time offenders, they were released after serving only six years and were free uh, and out about in 1999. But after Mm. the... Yeah. So six years they got to serve for brutally murdering another woman based on a lie. That is so... uh, mm. Yep. Hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yep. But after the conviction, Daniela's mother, Gloria, and her husband, Raul, sued Guillermo for the wrongful death, and the judge ordered that her or ordered her murderers had to pay for the funeral and burial fees, along with each of them paying both her mom and uh, husband around four hundred and forty thousand dollars and attorney fees for both her mother and widower Mm -hmm. so however gloria gloria has been quoted as saying what i can say is that there is no money in the world that pays for murder oh yeah money does not pay murder what i would really like is not to receive any money as long as the killers were behind bars and not loose enjoying life as the two are doing uh around I'm assuming this was translated mm-hmm. from Portuguese. Um, so, to me, killers should be in jail. I mean, yeah, that's, yep, that that's sounds about right. Kind of the bare minimum, mm-hmm. and that's probably what should have been promised to yep. the mother of a murder victim. I like, that's a little frustrating to me the way that Brazil, Brazil has that worked out because I feel like I get it if that's like a drug charge or mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a car accident or like even like manslaughter where it wasn't meant to be killed, like malpractice, whatever. I, I yeah. can see that then. But if it was, it was literally was premeditated. Premeditated, that it's premeditated kinda, murder. Like, it's kind of like how certain, um, what was I going to say? Certain um, offenses in the U.S. if you get mm-hmm. convicted of them, like your life without parole. Yeah. Like you're not eligible for parole because you don't deserve that. Yeah. Like that's how I feel this should have been. This is absolutely what that should have been. Jesus. But. Not much is really known about what Paula is up to these days, but de Poitua in 2007 had become the pastor of one of the largest evangelical megachurches in the world, the Baptist Church of Longuania, so which this church owns a TV network and a radio station. It has over 50,000 congregants and at times has more than 1 million people in attendance at their church or watching their services. So he, of course, now preaches family values and will not talk about the murder or allow others to question him about it. So this man, who apparently potentially practiced black magic, murdered a woman because she wouldn't fuck him and because he was getting less screen time, is now murdered her, went to prison for only six years, and is now a family values evangelical pastor i don't have any words to say first of all this is just me you know maybe this is just me but um why Mm -hmm. would you want to hire a murderer a b why would you want to hire a murderer at a church what the fuck? And this where, is why organized religion yeah. is fucked up. And where does a man get off literally trying to claim that he wasn't a murderer in open court because he had his wife's name tattooed on his penis gets to preach about family values? Um, I don't know about you, but like my favorite family value is tattooing my fucking uh, wife's name on my dick. Like... 
I don't Bro. know. Bro. Yeah. I don't know what sets family values more than murdering with your spouse. I just. Because you, know you wanted to. Couples who murder together stay together. Apparently not, though. No, they divorced. But. Is it. Wait, also, 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 also. Isn't divorce, like, heavily frowned upon in, like, evangelical shit? Like, why. Yeah. So, not only mm-hmm. do they hire a murderer, yep. they also hired a divorced man. A divorced murderer who has, who has a, a tattoo penis on his tattoo. dick. Yep, a penis tattoo and literally wanted to fuck someone who did not want to fuck him so badly that he lied to get to murder her. You know, I men don't deserve rights. No, especially fuck that one. Men, Yeah, men don't deserve rights. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Um, I. Mm, yeah. Yo. I don't even begin to understand. End of sentence. Um, Yeah, yeah, right. That's a complete sentence in of itself. Complete sentence there. Um, What the fuck is wrong with Paula? Yes. Why would this be a pact that she ever had? Did she ever? Did they ever ever have a kid? Yeah. Oh shit. They had a son. Mm, Sorry for that son. Yeah. So. Hello. How do you how do you come up with this pact of if you cheat on me, you have to kill your mistress? Thank you. Uh, How do you then become involved in this murder? Um. How do you not fact check this and be like, you're not actually having an affair. You just want to fuck someone who doesn't Mm -hmm. want to fuck you. Um, Hello. Hello. Also, how the fuck do psychopaths like this somehow manage to find each other sometimes? Always. Always. Yeah. Always. It's kind of like how we talked about with the the JC Dugard case. Like, how do you have someone who's just like perfect like that? Yeah. Like, how do you find this person? Yeah, I don't. When I mean perfect, I don't mean like actually yeah. perfect. But like, how do you find someone who is so perfect for you that they're okay with keeping a a, a girl in your backyard for mm-hmm. eighteen years? Same thing. Like, how are yeah. you okay with just being like, "Hey, um, if you ever cheat on me, how about you murder her?" And she, he's like, "Okay, valid, makes All sense." Right. No, no. And no. then like he uses this to his advantage because although there are some people who tried to speculate or then did believe that they may have had an affair, there is nothing that Mm-mm. proves that they ever had an affair. Mm-mm. And pretty much anyone who knew her actually said the complete opposite and that more of them were along the tracks of like, no, I think she was being sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. And she just Yo. didn't tell her mom mm-hmm. or her husband about it because she didn't want anybody uncomfortable. It yeah. kind of sounded like she was going through workplace harassment and mm-hmm. didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, and also even though her mom's the writer, yeah. like it's still like you don't want to make that cruelty her. on set. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Well, and the fact of the matter is, is like when her mom was then interviewed about it, she was like, I didn't actively write him out of stuff. Mm-hmm. She was like, I had no control over that. He was getting less screen time because of what the producers were saying. Mm-hmm. She was like, I didn't have power to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the power to write off anybody. Mm-hmm. I was only like, I would write stuff and then they would take shit out mm-hmm. because they're the producers. Mm-hmm. They're the ones with money. They're the ones with yep. power. Yep. I was just a person writing shit. Exactly. Which is fucking crazy. I just... This is so fucked up. I feel so mm-hmm. bad for her and her family. Like, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. That's. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm. Brazil lost one of what could have been like their top stars. This kind of like is very reminiscent to me of like Selena's murder. Mm-hmm. Like that this talented, wonderful person who was doing so much was literally taken in their prime just because of mm-hmm. jealous, fucked mm-hmm. up people. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, that was a fucking doozy. Jesus right? fucking Christ, bro. Yeah. If you want to follow along with us and, you know, keep up with all of our bullshit, um, you can follow us on Instagram at Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled DRK. You can like our Facebook page, send us a message at Figures in the Dark. You can send us an email with your case suggestions, spooky stories, mental health check-ins, and pictures of your cats at 
figuresinthedarkpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms, including um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so. so sorry, guys. Yeah. Thank you for sticking through this. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with another wacky episode. We're yes. going to do some more, like, silliness. Yes. But sorry for this. Yes. But thank you. And yeah. as always, beware the figures in the dark. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.